Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode 32. If you keep track at home, I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Goska, here with you, as always, in another exciting, action-packed week of football, college football, high school sports, MLB, and NBA, all that in between. I got my co-host, Jolan Bioka here. Jolan, welcome. Happy New Year, brother. Yeah, first show of the new year here, recording it on New Year's Day. Uh, we haven't seen you since Christmas. It's been kind of weird. It actually feels like Christmas was a long time ago. I don't so know weird. why. If it, it, you know, it feels more like a month in between last week and this week. But uh, here we are. We got a, we got week 17 in the NFL. Taking you back to week 16 really quickly. Eight and eight for the goose. So uh, I believe my record is 146 and 93 on the year. So I have to go nine and seven or better. Actually, 10 and six or better to avoid. That 100-loss mark. Uh, you just look back on last week. We had the Saturday games, the Miami-Vegas game. Ridiculous. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Hail Mary, basically. There with, like, I think 19 seconds left in his face mask getting ripped to the other side of his body. That's not something they teach you in physics at Harvard. Uh, you just look down the list. Mahomes continues to look good. Cleveland misses their entire receiving core. That's something we kind of found out leading up to the game. Uh, they lose to the Jets still. Somehow Pittsburgh pulls out a big comeback win. Allows them to rest their starters this week. Jacksonville couldn't get it done. A fact on Pittsburgh is apparently Big Ben took over play calling in the second half, and then they go on to score 21 and answered, so you see something going on uh, there. Apparently Indianapolis knew what was coming, and Big Ben then made the adjustments. Uh, the Giants get absolutely, again, 27-13. to 13. Doesn't seem like a big blowout. It was a blowout. They dominate, Baltimore dominated that game from start to finish. Uh, the Chargers win. The Carolina Panthers keep the Giants alive, beating the Washington football team, and then they decided to waive Dwayne Haskins. We'll talk about that after our picks. Uh, Philly can't get it done. They lose to Dallas, setting up a huge matchup with the Giants this weekend. Seattle wins. They beat L.A. L.A. could find themselves out of the playoffs after a really good regular season. And a weird ending to their season. Golf's yeah. now getting surgery. Henderson's done for a year. A bunch of missing pieces to COVID now. It's a really weird looking for them. Yep. Uh, looking forward to them in Week 17. And then Tennessee loses at Green Bay. Listen, I picked Tennessee in that game. I didn't know they were going to be scared to play in the snow. They really were. If you if you like watch the game, they were actually legitimately afraid. I don't know if it was more snow. if they were afraid or if they were that much less comfortable than how they looked. It, if home. not, it was probably somewhere in between. But uh, AJ Dillon, running back, ran all over that Tennessee defense to the tune of 124 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday Night Football. Giant and then I predicted the Pats would take down the Bills. The Bills said, "Ryan, you're an idiot." Uh, 38 to nine on Monday Night Football. They wrap up again their division. Huge news for Buffalo, Joel. On uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo is allowing 6,772 fans to be in attendance next week when they play their first home playoff game since 1995. It's actually 6,771 because the other one will include the governor himself. So that's already one less fan it's, that could be in attendance. It's 6,771 plus a million in the parking lot. Yeah. Go oh, Bills. <laughs> Bills Mafia is going to be outside this universe. Uh, what a spectacle. They deserve it. It's been a long time coming. It has been 25 years, but again, it's also one of those things be where... Be smart. I, right. I understand the frustration coming from a lot of New Yorkers right now. Business owners included. Mm-hmm. And, and you understand where they're coming from, but we're going to leave that to a separate discussion uh, so a really uh, rocky road there, Joel. On some games, like the Jacksonville one, it was more sentimental for Jet fans. And then the Jets really kind of screwed themselves out of the first pick. 
So uh, let's let's move on to week 17. Let's try to hit that 10 and 6 mark. Let's go get it. So rather than doing playoff scenarios per matchup, we'll just wrap it up at the end with all of the playoff scenarios. But we'll start with 1 p.m. Sunday games at normal time. The 4 and 11 Falcons take on the 10 and 5 Buccaneers. Brady already has a team record 36 passing touchdowns this season, and he become the first player with 40 passing touchdowns in a season at age 40 or older. His Atlanta counterpart, QB Matt Ryan, has 24 passing touchdowns this season, one shy of reaching 25 for the ninth time in his career. Goose, who do you like? Yeah, so a lot of people are going to say, well, they may have clinched a playoff berth already. Is there? Are they going to rest Brady? The answer is no, because they want to be the highest wild card, because if you're the highest wild card, you're going to play the NFC East, which compared to all the other division winners Seems is like a, a better matchup better matchup rather than going to Seattle, going to New Orleans, going to Green Bay. So I think I think Tampa Bay is motivated in this game, and I think they come out and they just get a win. Uh, again, ugly game. Uh, just so people know, every game. two things to note. Every game this weekend is on Sunday, and every game is a divisional matchup. Division round, So expect baby. Some, some wacky stuff going. Potentially Matt Ryan and Julio Jones' last career games in an Atlanta uniform. I hear a lot of rumors. That is, uh, I, and, and Julio's a big one. because you can get. I think you can get a good amount for him. Uh, still, even at his hampered age, he's actually not going to play this weekend. He's got his hamstring injury yeah. that he's had for, what, eight to ten years at yeah, this point? Yeah, he finishes his season with only nine games, but a comfortable 776 yards. Yeah, so, but I still like Tampa in this game. I like Brady. Again, understanding the moment uh, more than anything else, not looking ahead, understanding the moment. I like Tampa Bay at home. We'll move on to the 10-5 and five Dolphins at the 12-3 and three Bills. Now, I was going to call this the game of the week, but since you mentioned the division round, all these games are very crucial to all these teams. Miami leads the NFL in scoring defense with 18.8 points allowed per game after ranking last in 2019. Bureau data, the only team in the... Oh, for Eli Sports Bureau data, I'm sorry. The only team in the NFL to go from worst to first in scoring defense is the 1966 to 1967 Houston Oilers, a part of the AFL. Wow. Wow, who do you like? That's unreal. This is a really tough game, and again, um, I, I was thinking of going with Miami because I want to see Miami get to the postseason. Again, I predicted them to be that surprise team that does what the 2016 Giants did and get to the postseason. I don't see it, honestly. I don't see it this weekend. Uh, you're without Fitzmagic. You're going to have to uncork Tua. We talked about this a lot with Russell Wilson at the beginning of the year. Is Pete Carroll going to uncork him? They're not uncorking Tua right now. I think for his benefit. Right, but at a certain point, you're hampering your team. True, if you looked Herbert. at what it did against Vegas, it hampered their team. They had a call on the closer, you know, Fitzmagic, but he's not there. He tested positive for COVID this week, so he's not there. You really got to uncork Tua, and I just think up there in Buffalo, they're playing inspired. They don't want to rest their starters because, again, you can keep things rolling here. That's oftentimes we see better teams struggle if they kind of give their guys a bye week. I like Buffalo in this matchup to to go ahead and uh, get ready for next week. We move on to an AFC North matchup with the 12 and three Steelers taking on the 10 and five Cleveland Browns. The Steelers ranked last in offensive efficiency over the past four weeks at 19.5. They have gone without a first down on a league high 37.4 percent of drives this season. Offense is shaky for the Steelers. They actually found their groove with Big Ben calling plays last week. Who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, now it's Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Uh, he's going to be calling plays. T.J. Watt's not going to play. Their center, their center Pouncey's not going to play. Cameron Hayward, another defensive lineman's not going to play. Listen, for Pittsburgh, there's not really much to gain here. Maybe a seed uh, or two. I'm going to put this on the record right now. 
This is Baker Mayfield's most important game of his entire football career to date. On to Sunday. date. This is the most important football game. They are favorites by, I believe it's nine and a half. It's ten and a half it, now. I was just going to say, maybe it climbed. And again, we just mentioned all those guys that are resting. They're at home. They should have beaten the Jets to clinch last week. You have to do it against your division rival. Uh, I saw something that the Steelers, what is it? They're 10 and 1 um, all time in closeout games on week 17. The one loss was to like Tennessee in 1999. Uh, oh, it's 10 and 1 in games that had playoff implications for the other team. The one loss was to Tennessee in 99. Tennessee went on to the Super Bowl that year. Great stat. Uh, right. Great stat. <laughs> Pretty wild. But, again, Baker Mayfield, this is your most important game. You've got your receivers back. Their wide receivers coach is going to be out, I believe, but uh, their assistant is a really good guy. Peoples-Jones, Landry's home. Yep, everything. finally they're back. I, I expect Cleveland, and, again, this is going to be a lot of <laughs> – this is a top five game in, sport, in Cleveland sports history. Think about that. Just think about how embarrassing that is. A Week 17 game to get into the postseason against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's suiting that's suiting up a a reindeer at quarterback. You know this is one of the top five most important games in Cleveland history. I think they get it done. I don't know why. I think they get it done. I think Nick Chubb. I think that offensive line bounces back this week. They kind of get some things going, and I think they go to the postseason because I predicted them to earlier this year. We'll stay in the AFC North with the 10 and 5 Ravens taking on the 4 10 and 1 Bengals. Now just a fun stat to know, the Bengals wide receiver T Higgins is only 92 receiving yards shy of joining AJ Green and Chris Collinsworth as the only Bengals rookies with 1000 receiving yards. We'll get into playoffs later. Who do you like? Yeah, this uh, this Cincinnati team did a good job last week. I forget who they, who do they play. Um, but they beat the Steelers a couple weeks ago. Again, a team with a lot of young guys that are just trying to prove it in this league, and I've been really impressed with them. Now, here's here's the problem. They are running into a juggernaut right now in this Baltimore team. Oh, they beat they beat Houston on the road, uh, did Cincinnati. They're running into Baltimore, who's clicking on all cylinders. Lamar's got it going. This offense is starting to look like the offense that we saw last year, Jolon. That's what scares me. We're going to take Baltimore on the road again to clinch Hopefully, their playoff berth. We're going to get into those scenarios later. A lot of playoff implications. Now, we'll go to a lesser matchup this week, which is kind of crazy because it involves the New England Patriots. Oof. The 2-13 and 13 Jets take on the 6-9 and nine Patriots. No playoff implications here, but the Patriots have 8 passing touchdowns and 14 picks this season. They have finished with the fewer than 10 passing touchdowns in a season just once. 1970, when they accumulated 7 touchdowns and 28 picks. Obviously, 1970 was a very different game than today's league. Gross. What do you like? <laughs> I, uh, you know, this game, what, what, who's playing for what? What are we playing for? Pride? Like, what well, is this game? Vegas only has a spread here at minus three. Yeah, of course they Which do. Both you, of these teams If you stink. asked me at the beginning of the season, MVP cam with Bill Belichick, week 17, I would think this game is like 24 point spread. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, this is Bill Belichick against the Jets. He doesn't lose to them very often. Uh, but this Jets team has shown some fight, I think. Uh, maybe in their demise uh, a little bit as we look towards the draft. Because, again, once you get eliminated from playoff, what are you really playing for? Are you playing to keep Adam Gase? Really? No. Are you playing no, to keep gone. Sam Darnold? I'm getting reports that he's uh, – not me personally, but Yeah, I'm but there was reports. reports that he was told he was going to get fired. Those have been – he's come out and said those aren't true. Uh, he will likely get fired. I don't see a scenario in which he doesn't. But regard, what do you say? Trying to save Sam Darnold's job? 
I don't know, man. You know what? I like rooting for the demise of the Jets. Uh, you know, again, I tried to give you a Christmas gift last week, and uh, it turned out to be Cole. Um, and uh, I'm going to give you Cole this week. I think they win. I think they mess up their draft position once again, and uh, they they go to New England and win. I don't know how. I don't know why. I, I, this one's going to come back to bite me, but uh, give me give me the Jets. I'm put, taking the money line on them, too. We'll move on. We'll go to the NFC North with the 6-9 and nine Vikings at the 5-10 and 10 Lions. Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson has six games with 100-plus receiving yards this season, one shy of tying OBJ of 2014 for most by a rookie since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970. He also needs 111 yards to break Anquan Bolden's most receiving yards by a Vikings rookie in the Super Bowl era. That's since the 1966 season, obviously, since Super Bowl formed. Who do you like this week? Justin Jefferson, obviously, killing it. Who do you have? Now, I'm going to say this is an interesting matchup. And a lot of people, I see their eyebrows raising, despite the fact that I can't obviously see you. I can see it. Now, why is this interesting? Unfortunately for Minnesota, Dalvin Cook lost his father this week. Um, and uh, we wish him we wish him all the best, obviously. And our condolences go to him and his family. But he will, he, he will not be playing this weekend. And that's what gives Detroit a shot. Is this Matthew Stafford's last game as a Lion? Is this Kenny Galladay's last game as a Lion? Hopefully. I'm hoping to see some of these guys in, in blue in New York. And you mentioned what Justin Jefferson needs yard-wise. He's going to need it in this game because, again, look what you're going to ask Look at what you're going to ask of Kirk Cousins. You might ask him to drop back 40 times a game. That's a recipe for disaster. We've seen this before. He works better when the play action is Correct. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know, but Detroit's just a team. I think they've kind of mailed it in. I, I'm looking forward to next year for them. Give me Minnesota on the road. We move on to one of my favorite matchups of the week. It's the Battle of the NFC East, the 6-9 Cowboys, the 5-10 and 10 Giants. Turnovers and takeaways have been the crucial to the Cowboys' turnaround. In their first 12 games, they carried a minus 13 turnover margin and minus 92 points off turnover margin. Oof. In their past three Ugh. games, they have a plus 9 turnover margin and 48-plus points off turnover margin with zero points allowed off of them. Who do you like? Cowboys turning it around. Giants need a win. We'll get into that. Right, so if you're confused into what those numbers means, it means if you're the Giants, practice ball security a little bit this week. Hold on to the football. Hold on to the football. Everybody. Daniel Jones, who we know has a fumbling problem. Coaches, receivers, (laughs) punt returners, kick returners. Deion Lewis has fumbled multiple times. Yeah, I mean, listen, whoever, give the chain gang uh, a ball to hold Everyone on to. Everyone tape something. <laughs> uh, listen, the Giants have to win this game. I'm a Giant fan. I Listen, I know the draft position, all this crap. I want them in the postseason. I think, again, for the young guys, it's really important to. Uh, my, my fear is that if they get in, uh, the, the mistakes and the issues in the organization will get overlooked a little bit, and they might bring people back who they shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> Dave Gettleman. Yeah, but I keep um, Joe Judge no matter what. Right. No, I like Joe Judge, but uh, I like this Giants team uh, this week. I'm going to take them against the Cowboys. I know, again, they don't have a great track record against Dallas. Dallas has been playing well. Is he going to no, 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 eat against this defense? I don't know, but I'm taking the Giants because I want them to win the division. And the only way for them to win the division is for them to win the football game. So give me the Giants this week. We'll go cross-continental from the NFC oh East to the NFC West. The 49ers, who are 6-9, take on the 11-4 Seahawks. The Seahawks have allowed an NFL low 13.7 points per game since Week 11, going 5-1 and one in that stretch. They allowed 29.6 points per game through the first 10 weeks of the season, 
was ranked 28th in the league. Their defense has been phenomenal in the back half. Who do you like this week? Man, that was a team that almost lost to the Patriots because of that defense. Uh, listen, they've looked really sharp. I expect them to try and look sharp again this week. And listen, one loss uh, to the Giants. Their, their scenario, yeah, this is true, at home no less. Their scenario, to, they have a chance to get the number one overall seed. Uh, I don't think it's too far-fetched for them. Honestly, it, it is possible. Again, we'll talk about it later. But I, I th- they have a chip and, and something to play for. I like Seattle on the road against San Francisco. San Francisco, again, just looking forward to next year, getting Bosa back, Solomon Thomas back, all those guys. We move on from the west to the north. The 12-3 Packers take on the 8-7 and seven Bears. Bears running back David Montgomery trails only Derrick Henry with 698 in rushing yards since week 12. He has 529. And his six touchdowns on the ground have him only trailing Alvin Kamara in that span. Who do you like this week? Montgomery's found his groove. Green Bay is favored by 5.5, so Vegas doesn't know if they're playing players. Who do you like? This strikes me as a 20-17 to 17 game. Green Bay should. Uh, they're trying to get home field advantage. And, and again, not, not oh, no, that there's fans there. Not that there's fans there. Actually, I think Green Bay clenches it with a win straight out. Uh, but we'll look at that. Regardless, they, they don't have, again, they don't have fans in Green Bay. But we've seen teams go to Lambeau Field and fold. Not the Giants, of course, because... That's not what we do. We go there and win. But Heard other that. teams have. So that is a slight advantage as opposed to going to New Orleans in that dome uh, with some fans. And we'll see how that capacity limit gets raised and all that good stuff. Regardless, this yeah, this strikes me as a 20-17 to 17 classic dogfight Green Bay-Chicago game. And I think Aaron Rodgers just makes one more play at the end because Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers and the Bears have Mitch Trubisky, which means there's a clear Mismatch. Give me Green Bay in this one. We move on to the Saints, who are 11 and 4, taking on their division rivals, division rivals, the 5 and 10 Panthers. Alvin Kamara has 59 career touchdowns with a touchdown in Week 17. He'd become the third player in NFL history to score 60 times in his first four seasons, joining Terrell Davis and LT. That's, great. That's pretty good company right oh, yeah. there. Yeah, give me uh, New Orleans in this one. Carolina just doesn't have the defense. They don't have Christian. Uh, McCaffrey, excuse me, their their workhorse. Just a team, again, looking to continue to build and look for them to be competitive in this game. But I think in the end, New Orleans is just too good. You saw what this run this run offense looked like against Minnesota last week. I think they uh, can't replicate it, but they can, they can do at least half as good against Carolina. Give me we, New Orleans. We move on to a game that should be more favorable one side than the other, the 8-7 and seven Cardinals at the 9-6 and six Rams. Now, the Cardinals are facing a ton of things, like we just said. Jared Goff's now requiring surgery. Henderson shut down for the season. They've been missing players to COVID. And Arizona wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins can become the fourth player in franchise history with an 800-yard receiving games in a season. Rob Moore has 8 in 1997, and David Boston has 9 in 2001. And Anquan Bolden also has 8 in 2005. So, Cardinals are finding the right groove at the right time. Rams are backtracking, it almost seems like. Who do you like? Hopkins, Ramsey. This is the matchup we've been looking forward to. It's one of those every year you look at the calendar of games and you circle that matchup because that's going to be a lot of fun to watch and we get it twice a year. Now, I like Arizona in this game. Why? Because they have to win this game. I really do. I like this Arizona team. I like Kyler Murray. I like DeAndre Hopkins. I like what they have. But they need to win to get into the postseason. I think they do against a reeling kind of Rams team. Nobody knows kind of what's going on there. That's the ultimate wild card. That's what scares me about this game, John, is the fear of the unknown. Uh, we don't really know what's coming down the pipe. But uh, I like Arizona to take a trip to L.A. and come out with a win. 
So from the fear of unknown to the fear of the known, the six and nine Chargers take on the fourteen and one Chiefs. Now the Chiefs might sit players. I know they are. Mahomes not going to play. I think uh, Tyreek Hill is going to sit. Now it's uh, interesting because yeah. what Travis Kelsey does could have him become one of the best tight ends. Period in NFL history. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey has one thousand four hundred and sixteen receiving yards this season, most ever by a tight end. He needs forty four more than Stephon Diggs in Week Seventeen to move into first overall throughout the entire NFL. And no tight end has ever done that over the span of an NFL season, let alone 16 games. Who do you like? Yeah, this, you know, this is a really weird game. Chad Henney. Yeah. Bring him in. You know what, though? Keenan Allen's not going to play for Los Angeles, so that's a big loss for uh, Sherbert to Herbert. I like Kansas City. I don't. Again, I don't know why. I just like them at home. You know, I just like them. Little fine, fine tune-up, maybe try the Kelsey stuff. But I don't think the team's too concerned about that. I think they're worried about their bigger goals and bigger aspirations. So uh, I, I still think they take care of business, especially without Keenan Allen over there on the other side. Give me Kansas City. Move on to AFC South. The 10-5 Titans take on the 4-11 Texans. Tennessee has 15 sacks this season, the fewest sacks by a team to make the playoffs in a 16-game season. is 19, the 1979 Broncos. So obviously, if the team doesn't have four sacks this week, They'll become the lowest sack team to enter the postseason oh, in the boy. modern NFL. Who do you like? Does Tennessee's defense worry you heading into the postseason or what? I got to tell you, this, you know, I probably would have picked the upset if Houston had beaten Cincinnati last week at home, but was, they didn't. They showed um, me some things I didn't like about the Texans. Yeah, they did not. They're, again, another team looking forward to next year. Tennessee, if you remember this game last year when they went to Houston, Derrick Henry ran for, I believe, 259 yards oh, yeah. to take the lead in the league to win the rushing over title Nick Chubb. over Nick Chubb on the final day of the regular season. Listen, I don't know if they figured out Derrick Henry. I don't think so, and I think he runs wild. I think this Tennessee uses this as a get-right game, uh, and they find their way going into the postseason next week, probably winning that division, I think, with a win. We'll stay in the AFC South with the 1-14 Jaguars who have locked in the number one pick. Trevor Lawrence. They take on the 10-5 Colts. The Colts are allowing 92.9 opponent rushing yards per game this season, the second fewest in the NFL. And Jacksonville playing running back, oh, whoa, whoa. And Jacksonville's running back, James Robinson, excuse me, will not be playing. Obviously, he's sitting out for the final game of the season. Who do you like this week and why? Yeah, uh, so Fanatics, get ready. There's going to be an influx of Jacksonville Jaguars Trevor Lawrence jerseys ordered in the next week and a half or so. Probably actually once the clock hits 0-0-0 on this game, despite the fact that they've locked it in already. But, uh, no, there's no way Jacksonville beats Indianapolis. Indianapolis got too much to play for. They're highly motivated. They want to go get this. Jacksonville has nothing to play for. They're missing literally their best player. And uh, they, they've got Trevor Lawrence in their back pocket now. So uh, maybe an audition game for whoever st- whoever suits up at quarterback. But that's about it, man. Uh, other than that, it's a wrap. Indianapolis takes this one. Move on to an AFC West matchup. The 7-8 and eight Raiders take on the 5-10 and 10 Broncos. The Raiders are 5-14 and 14 in December and January regular season games since 2017. The worst record in such games in the NFL over that span. Raiders are poor. Gruden gets a ton of money for no reason. Who do you like? Who's favorite in this game? Vegas by 2.5. Vegas, I'm taking Denver. I'm taking Denver at <laughs> home. Uh, you know, listen, again, Jolan, you, you and I have been in some of these, uh, maybe going back to when we were little kids, actually, even in high school a little bit. You get those really tough, brutal losses that, you know, you lose on your own mistakes, 
and it just it deflates a football team. Prescott. It really does. It really kind of takes the emotional energy out of you. And again, I don't know how Vegas recovers. Again, they're eliminated from the playoffs, so what are they really playing for? Drew Locke's playing for his job. And, you know, again, I just think Denver at home, the weather could be wacky. It's a divisional matchup. Give me Denver in this one. Why not? Why not on the final day of the regular season? From the west to the east, the Washington football team, 6-9, and nine, take on the 4-10-1 Eagles. Let's go, Birds. Washington has a minus 106 score differential in the first half of the season and a plus 106 score differential in the second half of the season. The 212-point gap in differentials between halves would be the largest by any team in the past 20 years. The NFC is up in flames. Who do you got? Yeah, so let's talk about this a little bit. The quarterback situation. Here's a problem. When they have Alex Smith playing quarterback, they're a pretty good football team. Why? Because he doesn't make the big mistake. He really does. He was even that way when he was in Kansas City. He just doesn't make the big mistake. Now, he's not going to... He's not going to make the Super Bowl winning throw. He's not going to do the Mahomes third and 15, drop back 25 yards, throw at 50. You know, that's not who Alex Smith is. But they had Dwayne Haskins back there. Their offense looked putrid. Then Dwayne Haskins said, I'm not talking to the media. Goes home, drives home. Uh, you know, he's done all these things. He's been at strip clubs during a pandemic. He said it was a private party. It was a strip club, dude. Right, it's it ridiculous. So he gets waived. And now you're sitting there, and Alex Smith is questionable this week. Now, here's the problem, Jolan. I have to pick this game without knowing whether Alex Smith is going to play. It likely flips, depending on... Actually, you know what? It doesn't. You know why? Because the only chance for the Giants to win the division is a Washington loss. So, it's go Philly all day. I can't believe I'm saying that. I think Jalen Hurts, they've done a, they've done some good there uh, since he's come in. And uh, they, really need, they really need a big one this week. Hurts' legs are going to be important because that pass rush of Washington is something else, my friend. That is a crazy good front seven. Uh, but give me Philly. We It has to happen. So give me Philly in this game. So that would wrap up the division rounds. Obviously, all games being played Sunday as we Correct. head into the postseason. I want to lay out some scenarios for you. Oh, boy. I want to give you the matchups of the teams playing and then what's most likely you think to play out. So all right, we'll give start. me a second. I'm going to put my seatbelt on, <laughs> popcorn, cigar. Go ahead. Buckle in. So the race for the NFC wildcard spots is followed. The Rams clinch with a win or a Bears loss. The Bears clinch with a win or Cardinals loss, and the Cardinals clinch with a win. So the Rams, Bears, and Cardinals are all here scheduled to play. We'll start with the Cardinals. They have the Rams. So obviously those two right, teams. Right, so one of those teams is going to cancel the other out realistically. And then the Bears, obviously they have their opponents taking on. Green Bay. Green Bay, yeah. So they have the Red Hot Rodgers. That team might be sending a whole bunch of players. <laughs> what do you think is the most likely situation right here? Oh, that's tough. I, you know, I, I honestly could see. I think the most realistic situation is both NFC, NFC West teams get in, because I, again, I have Arizona winning this week, which would mean the char, the Rams would need a Chicago loss, and then they would beat out the Bears. And I think Red Hot Rogers and that team is going to take down the Bears. So I think the Bears. By losing, we'll take themselves out of postseason. So we'll stay in the NFC um, whole division playoff because it sets up for a good situation next. So the Packers clinch with a win or two, a Seattle loss. The Saints clinch the one seed with a win plus a Green Bay loss plus a Seattle win. Seattle clinches with a win <laughs> plus New Orleans loss plus a Green Bay loss. So a lot on the table. Who do you think ends up with the one seed 
this week. This is so confusing. So confusing. I'm going to go with the easy one, and it's Green Bay. If they win, they have the one seed, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think they take care of business against Chicago, 20 to 17, roughly, some somewhere ugly in there. Uh, and once they win, nothing else really matters. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure New Orleans has the Panthers, and the Seahawks have a tougher opponent than the Niners. The Seahawks so. have the Niners. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think, I think Green Bay's got the toughest game, though. I think they got the toughest game out of those three teams. Um, all three teams are on the road, which is kind of weird. But uh, which makes up for fun football, though. Right. But I think Green Bay's got the toughest matchup. So. Uh, but I still think they come out on top. So let me just break down divisional round for the Run NFC roll. East because this is just a race in itself in yeah. its own division. So Washington football team clinches with a win, obviously. The Cowboys clinch with a win plus a Washington loss. They play the Eagles. The Giants clinch with a win over the Cowboys plus a Washington loss. Right. So, again, like, if Washington loses, they're out. They're they, out. Let's put it that way. Right. If they win, they're in. If they lose, they're out, and then the winner of the Giants-Cowboy game. Do you like the Eagles to beat them? Um, I do like the Eagles to beat them. Again, not knowing Alex Smith's health, being questionable. Again, a guy that's dealt with, we've seen some very significant injuries. I'm not I'm not in a headspace to sit here and be confident that he's going to play. And uh, I, I like Philly in that game, so I like the winner of the Giants-Dallas game to win the division. So the AFC is a little bit different because the ones he's locked in, you have the Chiefs. Yep. Some of the playoff teams already locked in. The Bills clinched two weeks ago. Yep. But the Steelers Titans, have clinched their division. Yep. As in the um, AFC North, rather, is real tight. You can get two teams from there. Yep. So the Titans win or a Baltimore loss or an Indianapolis loss or a Miami loss. So let's just break that down by itself. Yeah. Titans win. Yep. Or they need Baltimore to lose or they need Cleveland to lose or Indianapolis to lose. Not all four together. Right. They either win or have one of those three teams lose. Correct. Do you see them obviously making a playoff for us? Yeah, because yeah. I, I think they win, and then at that point they take the division, so they're already locked in. So the Dolphins have a similar situation. Uh-oh. Win or a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland loss or a Colts loss. So Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indianapolis can bounce the Titans, the Dolphins. Miami's literally the, the only team out of that group that I have losing this week. So I think they're the ones on the outside looking in. Ravens, obviously, you have them handling business. Or yep. Cleveland lost. Indianapolis lost. The Browns matchup. This is interesting. Now, the Browns can win, but they're going against the AFC North leaders right now, the Steelers. Yep. The Colts can, or, or Colts loss, or Tennessee loss, plus Baltimore win. So they need a couple things to work in favor for them, not just losses across the board. If they lose and Tennessee loses, they need Baltimore to win. It's a very weird situation for the AFC North and those teams. Who do you have making out of that whole division? Uh, I actually... Weird yeah, like, like I said, I've got I've got all three teams from that division making it. I really I really do. I I like them this week, and I think Miami is that one playoff team on the outside looking in. Like now, here's another question: You have three teams from the AFC North making it. Do you think any of them have legit shot to win the Super Bowl, though? Legit shots to win the Super Bowl? Uh no. Uh, what I will tell you is probably the most dangerous. Believe it or not, I think is actually Cleveland. I think if in in terms of if they get in, I think they could be the most dangerous because they can they can control the game like the other teams can't. They can run the football. James Conner and, and again Lamar can run it, but again we've seen teams come up with the blueprint before. James Conner hasn't been that great in the run game, uh, relying a lot on Big Ben. I think Cleveland out of Tony anybody, you know, again their defense isn't great, but they'll get Denzel Ward likely back in time for the postseason. He's on the COVID list. Uh, we'll see, but I think Cleveland surprisingly would out of that group 
have the potentially have the best chance to w- get to a Super Bowl. So that wraps up NFL and it brings us to our next week NFL segment. We'll make predictions for the playoffs after these yeah. games roll out. Yep, and uh, we're going to go back and uh, if you remember, I think it was episode four and five or three and four where we kind of went through each division, all this kind of stuff. We'll go through where Goose was right, where Goose was wrong. We'll kind of make fun of it a little bit. Have some fun with it ahead of the postseason games next week. But again, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the games this week. Uh, definitely uh, taking the moment. A real season, Jolan, that just went by so fast. And again, you don't have the four weeks at the beginning of the season of preseason. So and we have a division a round, not divisional round. This is the division round. Yeah, this is All the teams division across round. the board. Yep, and that's why, again, Jolan, I don't make a lot of these picks with confidence because it's a, it's a division game. It, it, we know this. Things can get really wacky. They're all rivalry games. Rivalry games, you throw the records out the window, and you kind of pick who, who you're feeling the most, and uh, that's who, who I went with in my gut. Now let's talk some college football, Jolan. Big day today. Um, again, at the time of the recording of this podcast, we've not seen the college football playoffs start. Alabama, Notre Dame, and then we got Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Jolan, I like chalk uh, in the in in these two games. What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, Notre Dame's actually favored in the biggest margin in playoff history, so they're projected to lose by a lot. I think yeah. Bama seals it up. I think Trevor seals it up too. I think he handles business against Ohio State. I yeah. think Clemson, Alabama again, and then we need to seriously discuss it about expanding the playoff because everyone has an idea, everyone has a pitch, and no one really wants to materialize anything from the committee. So it raises a lot of questions now. You have the same team performing in the playoff every year, same yeah. team making the final championship every year. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. You really got a problem, and, and I got a real big problem with it in terms of just the attitude of these different teams, man. Like, again, we, we've we seen what this pandemic has done to so many. It's canceled bowl games for teams that usually don't get a chance to go to bowls, okay? And we got SEC teams I'm calling them the Southeastern Clowns. That's because all they do is every time they lose a New Year's Six Bowl, they're like, oh, well, we sat all these guys and we didn't care about the game. Whose fault is that, that you didn't care about the game? Whose fault is that? It's their their problem. Okay, Stop, stop using it as an excuse. People on the national ESPN, they're using it as an excuse at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's ridiculous. I'm so tired of it. I was literally watching the Florida Sooner game, and someone said, oh, we have a bunch of opt-outs talking about why their quarterback had three picks in the first half. It's not your opt-outs. That's your QB1 all season, buddy. You're getting exposed. Uh, Georgia came back to beat Cincinnati on the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. But again, like Cincinnati played really well. Oh, Georgia's got all these sit-outs. Well, guess what? Cincinnati didn't play with that their starting tailback. They lost two All-American defensive corners. Oh. Okay. Their left tackle got ejected for targeting. Let, like, you know, let's see. Oh, But that raises the things? question. These kids aren't uh, – they're, they're opting out because they have nothing to play for. LSU had 14 guys go in the first round, and they all played in the championship because they were playing for a championship. Right. You explain the playoffs, get these guys a chance to dance, maybe they say. That's correct. But here's here's – and again – but there, there are some programs that will shut down guys by themselves. Uh, there are some guys that opt out, and obviously you can't handle that. But again, if you're not going to take the game seriously, you should be able to tell the committee that, and the committee should put you in, like, the Cheez-It Bowl. Literally. Or, like, the, like, Bahamas, my my tires still run on the road bowl or some whatever. Cristino's Fiesta Dip Bowl. Right, like, whatever those low bowl games are, if you're not going to take the New Year's Six Bowls, cr- like, serious. seriously then you should be shipped down there. I'm really tired of this, and it's not fair to anybody else. And not even that, like, 
people don't understand, the NFL needs college football pipeline bigger than the Correct. NBA needs college basketball. Like these are household names now. And when they go to the NFL, they sell X amount of tickets already. Trevor Lawrence right. is going to sell out stadiums, literally. Right, and and again, there's I want people to understand because they might say, oh, you know, you're getting angry at teams that have kids that are choosing to opt out. No, the opt outs are fine, but the team saying Excuses. screw the team saying screw the game. That's a problem. And making that's a big problem. It. Oh, right? we didn't want to play this. You got ran in New York what, Six. Bowl. What about freaking little Johnny sitting there, third string, who's been waiting all year to play? And his coach tells me three sucks. star, and the coach just says, "Well, we didn't care about this game. That was his Super Bowl, man. Literally. Like that's his national championship game." Uh, again, it's Sends just a bad message. Uh, they got to expand the playoff. I think it'll be a lot more fun. Um, you can see some good matchups. Like you would have seen Clemson, Florida this year. I think that would have been a real cool, exciting college football playoff Sooners. matchup. We should have got OU. Again, more that would have been a lot of fun, but we've got some good bowl games coming up. Uh, you got Auburn versus Northwestern. Uh, Auburn versus the Fighting Reese Davises, as Joey Calloway once called <laughs> them, which was hilarious. Um, but again, you just keep looking at it. You know, uh, you got the games today. Again, I like Alabama to roll. Devontae Smith. Arguably the best player in college football this year. Then I, then I like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's just been what hasn't he done? Lose. And I don't. I don't think it starts today. Uh, I think it starts when he gets to Jacksonville in April. So, but not not today. I think this leads to a good discussion right now of his Trevor Lawrence the best QB in college football history. And now let me let this out for you. The other two people I think of are Tim Tebow and Vince Young. I think that's the top guys. Yeah. Lawrence has. 88 passing touchdowns. That's 40 more than Vince Young, who has 44. Yep. And he has 38 wins and one loss. His one loss coming to a LSU team with 14 first-round picks. And two four, two first, two 14 draft picks, seven in the first round. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because, again, even Tim Tebow struggled as a freshman. As a freshman, seven losses, yeah. As a freshman, Trevor Lawrence came in and won the national championship game in dominating fashion against Nick Saban, who had six weeks to prepare for him. Um yeah, they had two or know. three picks on that defense in the first round. Yeah, you know, that's – I mean, that bro, that Alabama defense is always loaded. They probably had more than that. But, again, I, yeah, man, I would have to look at it a little bit deeper. That's a good it, discussion. It's, it's very much up there. Um, I think if you're talking in totality of a career – Kellen Moore, yes, you got guys like that. I think Vince Young's got really – no, no, I think even talking totality of the career, Trevor Lawrence is up there. He does it for a Power 5 school. But – you you know you talk about you think about Vince Young you think about Tim Tebow and they really had those signature years okay they really had those signature moments Vince and Young again over USC yeah you know is that is that Trevor Lawrence's signature moment was that his freshman year in that championship I think game you kind of you know at but it. again even think about Vince Young it's the run Tim Tebow it's the halftime speech and the jump pass yeah you know what is what is Trevor Lawrence's it's the moment? red wine on your jersey looking like you're in a dog fight <laughs> right, running in the Right. Zone. What is what is his signature moment? Maybe he'll provide one for us in the college football playoff, but I'll tell you Jolan, he's certainly up there and again, he's going to walk into the league. Uh, you can make the argument a top 15 quarterback in the league. Yeah. You you oh, can yeah. you can make the argument. Oh, you can make the, the argument top 8 if he's in the right system. You can make the, I don't well, think he's so going to Jacksonville. Bro. But, we know yeah. where he's going. We know yeah. what system no, he's No, no. So what if Jacksonville decides, "Hey, let's blow up this whole ship. They got the cons running it. They got money. Well, Dabo, they got, come here." They got James Robinson. Dabo, come I, here. I mean, listen, that's not Chark, that's Dabo. That's not a bad idea, but are you know, would Dabo take it? I don't know. There's money on the line. That's a good question. Yeah, but you don't get to run it like you do a college program. 
Not unless you let them. Right. Well, we'll have to see about that. Uh, but that's going to do it for college football. Uh, a little high school sports. Uh, just big news in New Jersey. Rejuvenate. Uh, January 2nd, uh, high school winter sports may resume. Now, I have not seen or heard of any restrictions on what winter sports. I will try to get more clarification as we continue to go. It just says high school winter sports. Which we know you'll know. We're, we're so happy for them, Joel. I, you oh, know, yeah. I, we're ecstatic for them. Governor Murphy announced it the other day. Uh, very happy for those, those high school athletes uh, that, again, are continuing to do the right things so that they can be on the field, on the court, on the mat, doing their thing. And, and again, we just hope that they can get through a season like we did in the fall. Like, we did get through a full season. And, you know, it's, I have some of my best memories in, in the winter, even rooting on my friends for the sports. Like, we had the basketball birdcage. We had the wrestling birdcage. Like, we had a good time with the UNC hands. Every time someone shot a free throw, like, these kids deserve it, even if it's spaced out, something like that. Yep, absolutely. And and I think they're going to get it now. With fans, who knows? With a, with a birdcage, who knows? But I'm going to tell you right now, they would rather play without fans than not play at all. That's 100% the sentiment uh, going into that, uh, going into this year. So uh, good luck to them and God bless. Looking into the MLB, Jolan, really the big news, the Padres are starting to make some moves here. They traded the whole farm they for Blake good. Snell and you Darvish. They look good. That's really crucial. They got Mike Clevenger, who's coming back next year. He's had Tommy John, uh, so he's going to miss this Kudos year. Kudos to them. But they great are great farm. You oh, said it yourself. They had a great yeah. farm. They, had well, they just places, traded the whole farm away. They had places and they had pl- pieces in place though to trade away. It's not like they just Correct. had a bunch of nobodies. They're shipping out some good guys. Right. Like, and Tampa Bay continues to build the best farm system. You know, in Major guys. League Baseball. Oh, we'll just take everybody, and then we'll develop them, and then they'll be stars, and then we'll trade them, and the cycle just repeats. It's analytics, man. you got to give it to them, uh, these new guys. And you Darvish coming over. That's uh, he, he pitched really well last year. Uh, just, you know, again, when was the last time we were excited about San Diego? The last time uh, I got Tom excited. Jr. is exciting. He might oh, be an yeah. MVP candidate, bro. Listen, as long as he's not fun. swinging at 3-0 pitches and hitting home runs, he might be an MVP candidate. Still younger, though. Who has time I to fix it? It's long career ahead. No, listen, he can swing at whatever pitch he wants to. Stop meatballing it down the plate. The last time we really got excited for anything in San Diego, Jalan, was when Bartolo Colon shook the earth when he hit the uh, moonshot. When he hit the moonshot. <laughs> Uh, you know, the impossible has happened. Actually, it's a lie. Slam Diego last year. It was Slam Diego. It was electric, actually. So, but again, they, uh, before then, they, there wasn't much. Not now the, the baseball yeah, team's really team. starting to get there. The Mets, uh, George Springer, the talks there have been increasing. It seems like it's coming down to two teams, and the Mets are one of them. Uh, so, what I like about Steve Cohen is he's super open and honest with yeah. the media. He's on Twitter actively telling the fans what he's doing personally. Like, I honestly appreciate the clarity because we were living with the Wilpons who gave us no clarity and a big finger all year. Every did year. we? Did we even? What did they have? One mandatory press conference every year, and that Dude, was, they didn't even make it. Like, right, <laughs> probably. And then we, you know, we didn't they hear from them. Thought, they're, they're, they're tax dodgers and they're question dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> they're tax dodgers. Oh man! But uh, moving into the NBA. Uh, we had the Christmas Day games. None of them were close. KD, Kyrie looked like a really good dynamic duo. Spencer Dinwiddie partially torn ACL. Done for year. He's, he's done Terrible. for the year. Uh, you feel bad for him. Contract year, I think. That duo is interesting. They're going to do a lot of load managing because KD can't play back-to-backs. Uh, Kyrie plays when he sages. Yeah. When he doesn't sage the place, he doesn't play. When <laughs> he's blowing um, dust, his ball there. Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but they they look good on the court, um, and for any Brooklyn fan, that's what matters. Uh, James Harden looks dynamic despite 
looking like me coming into camp. Honest to God, I don't know how he does it. It's crazy. I mean, he just... You That's know, why he gets paid what he does. He, yeah, he's, he's born to be a great basketball player. And uh, we'll see. Again, his trade value now is just going way back up. Literally. So it seems <laughs> like he's not going to get traded. And he's going to sit there and he's going to play. Well, that leaves the opening question of where would he go? I don't know. Where, there's where, nowhere, there's no where are you going to mortgage he the needs, future? He needs to literally right. mortgage the whole franchise. You would literally... So if you think about it, like take the, take the scenario of Brooklyn, for, for example. You would need... He would be your third piece. So you wouldn't need Dinwiddie anymore. You would, in theory, trade him. You're not trading him now. He got hurt. Yeah. You know, you can't... He, he doesn't have the same value now. The Suns, what are you trading? They don't have a farm system. What do they got? Leandro Ball down there in the G League? They're going to trade him for publicity? Like... You know, what I, I don't know what any team could offer right now that would make Houston go, okay, that seems like a good idea. Unless I like, it's just a bunch of picks. Like, there's nothing yeah. that, for James Valley's worth because of how bad he is with other people. It's yeah, weird. It's weird. I, don't I, I don't know. It's it's kind of ball eccentric, and he obviously hasn't won a championship yet. It's kind of wacky. Is not one player's fault, but he has had systems in place where he could easily won a title. Yep. So uh, kind of wacky. Uh, happy birthday to LeBron. His birthday was what was it? Uh, Wednesday, he turns 36. He, uh, Year 18, he's been in the league he, longer than that. Life. That day, he uh, reached 1,000 straight games with 10-plus points. To put that in perspective, Larry Bird didn't play over 900 games in his career. Magic didn't play more than 1,000. Michael didn't play more than 1,000 with the Bulls uh, in totality. So just to kind of put that in perspective again on his birthday, to no less. Doing it first, so he leads by example. Uh, Becky Hammond. Uh, oh, let's coach. go Becky. Even though yeah. I lost my bunch, let's go Becky. Yeah, I, I mean, they did play the Lakers, awesome. to be fair. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pop got ejected. She took over as coach. This is not the Spurs team we're used to. No, no. And they need a star at some point. They need to find a They head, got DeRozan, but gem. the pieces aren't. Yeah, I don't know how to DeRozan, I think we saw enough of him in Toronto like, to know he's not that guy. Usually, you look at the Spurs, they're a well-oiled machine. Everything's functioning. The machine's still moving. It's just slower. The gear's getting, like, turning loose. Yeah. Like, it's weird. I, I don't know. DeRozan just, he's he's not... And we got to seriously consider Pop for league president soon because when he retires, he's going to be oh, a yeah. reason. Listen, when he's retired, he's going into a retirement home. Like, dude, that know, dude's going to retire like 87 years old. I guarantee bro. I see some Texas politics in his blood. Te- I see some it, dude. Texas po- see we're it. all in trouble at that point. I see it. Um, but, no, that, so that's some big stuff that's going on in the NBA. Um, and then uh, just, you know, kind of wrapping things up, Joel, I don't know if you heard this story, the, the Lionel Messi story. A couple weeks ago with Budweiser. Oh, so when Budweiser, uh, Messi scored 644 total goals. Uh, you know, again, I think that was the most ever with one club, I believe, or it was some kind of record. So what did Budweiser do? They found every goaltender that he scored on, and they they uh, they sent them a personal bottle of Budweiser with the number goal that he scored on them. Yeah. So like the last guy got goal 644 and if he had scored multiple on them they had gotten multiple bottles of Budweiser so he, just the biggest FU I've ever seen by a beer company he got 10 plus goalkeepers a free 12 pack and 7 plus goalkeepers I think a 16 pack <laughs> so like he put 15 goals up on so many people bro so Messi Messi is just a different creature, man. He's he, he's just electric to watch. Well, that's going to do it here for episode 32. Uh, Joel, I know we started this, you know, we're on new, here on New Year's Day. Uh, again, you, we man. hope everybody uh, had a safe New Year's, did things the right way, uh, didn't go to any giant house parties. That would be much appreciated for 
everybody uh, involved. Small um, gatherings, no one's going to yell at you, but be right. safe, be smart, you know? Be smart, and don't post it on social media. Uh, yeah, what's up with that? Like Idiots, Jolan. That's like straight up ragers I'm seeing. Like, I was with a couple people last night, but it was like 11 people max, and I've yeah. been with these people throughout mm-hmm. quarantine, yep. and we've been safe. Like, I've seen you. You're right. one of the people I see. Yep. Like, I've, I've seen straight up clubs opening up. Like, yeah. what the? Bro, I was, <laughs> I was with four people last night. Exactly. You know, a smaller you know what I'm gathering. Like, uh, you know, you have a few drinks and kind of do your thing. Now, Clubs um, are open. <laughs> again, you know, we, we kind of kicked away 2020. Um, again, a real tough year for a lot of people. Um, you know, but again, I, I encourage people to do this, John, because I've had to do this personally. Go back and look at the year in your perspective. Um, because again, like in totality of the world, yeah, 2020 was god awful. All the people we lost, again, not only to COVID, but the big stars that we lost. Chadwick Boseman, Kobe Bryant, David Stern, we lost on New Year's last year. Um, you know, all these, all these big things, but really try to really try to find some positive in it. Go back to your personal life and see what kind of positives you can drag out of 2020. Again, no matter how small or how big, uh, try to find different ways. And again, look into 2021, Jolan, we're taking this thing to the moon. To the moon Uh, and to Mars, baby. uh, To Mars too. Uh, so again, we're going to continue to get guests on. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some branding stuff going on. We're supposed to have Nick. Holiday season is very hard to schedule people, so we're yep. going to have him on next we, week. You know, we've got Nick. We've got Ryan Schaefer in the back. You know, we've got different people. Zach Kruk will be back on. We've got all these different people that want to contribute to this podcast because they love it, and it's what we do best. So, uh, again, keep listening. Keep rating it on Apple, on Spotify, yeah, doing whatever comments, you got to do. Love it. Comments, posts, reviews. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter, at gosker 56 or on Instagram at Goose on the Mic. Uh, Joel, where might the people be able to reach you and the podcast? Um, you can follow us on Instagram at airitout.podcast or on Twitter at podcast airitout. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at goodoldjoels. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. And again, th- everybody, we want to thank you for listening. We hope you have a safe uh, and happy 2021. We appreciate all that you do for this podcast, listening, commenting, uh, some coming on as guests. We do appreciate it. We want you to continue. And again, we're taking this damn thing to the moon. So until episode 33, Jolan, until the first round of the playoffs, and until next week. Put in the books.